Hello, Internet, and welcome to episode 113 of Frameskip, a video game podcast. Another small show this week. Austin, super busy. Seth, assumptively super busy. Coach, probably on a vision quest somewhere. I'm not really sure. But we've got old friend of the show, old member of the show, old founder of the show. We got Elijah back in Studio H this week. Elijah, thank you so much for coming back to Frameskip. Of course. Thank you for having me on. I, I did a bit of a, a lie to get you here. I said, hey, do you want to just talk about trophies and fantasy football? And you said yes. So it's going to be one of those episodes, everyone. Get ready. So I didn't lie. We are going to talk about those things. But first, I got like a little rant I want to go on when we talk about a game I've been playing. So let's just jump right into what we've been playing lately. Elijah, I'm an idiot. Why? Do you want to hear why I'm a freaking idiot? Yes. I got exceptionally tipsy on Friday. And I started going through the PlayStation Store, and then I bought Skyrim Anniversary Edition Upgrade, and I started a new Skyrim character for PlayStation 5 because there's a new trophy list. And I think I started it too early. I think this is like a game that's better once snow is actually on the ground. It's really immersive, makes you feel like you're in the world of Skyrim. But all I can think about while I'm playing this game, it looks pretty, it runs great, everything's great. Elijah, this game came out 11 years ago. Oh my god, it did. Came out eleven years ago next month. And it's 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 gotten so many remasters, right? Like you got the PlayStation 4 remaster, the Xbox One remaster, it's got this anniversary, it had a legendary edition. It even had like a PlayStation VR edition, which I guess is exclusive. I can't believe that hasn't come to like Yeah. That surprises Oculus me. or anything. And, and like that's great. I'm glad Skyrim mm-hmm. is so successful. I'd argue that Skyrim is probably the worst of the three most recent Elder Scrolls games. So, like, where the hell is Oblivion? Where the hell is Morrowind? I want to play those games on my fancy new consoles. I understand that they were slightly upgraded for performance for for Xbox Series X. That's great. That's wonderful. I don't care about that. I see mods of Morrowind, and I want to play that game. Why hasn't that game come to consoles? That's a really good question. Because I've been wondering that myself. So, actually, not many people may know this, but Oblivion was one of the very first games I got all achievement points for. Did that give you the itch? Is that what did it? It it did. Like, that is legitimately what got me into the achievement slash trophy itch. And I loved Oblivion. It was so good. And I would gladly play it again. But I have all the achievements. Give me another reason to play it. Let me get all of the achievements and or trophies again in a new upgraded version. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is a little uh, facetious in my part because like I've been saying for two years, like I just want to get to 100 Platinums. I haven't gotten a Platinum since like last December. I, I don't think I'm like over trophies. I think I just need like a break from them. So it doesn't matter that like this isn't like a PlayStation 5 game Oblivion. It doesn't matter that this isn't a PlayStation 5 or a Series X. Let's be realistic that there isn't like a Series X remake for more when that part doesn't matter it's like i need to stop lying to myself and saying that like trophies are what's holding me back it's just goddamn elijah it's so hard to like open up an old game and play an old ass game sometimes especially one that like i don't have like sentimental attachment to i don't play Morrowind until i was in college i don't play oblivion until after skyrim the first time and even then i'd never finished it you know like it was mostly like me watching my college roommate play and then me wanting to try it out like waiting for skyrim to drop because i think they did 
a five-year anniversary edition of Oblivion right before Skyrim came out, like that summer. I think you're right. That was like a steelbook edition. Uh, So I I checked it out there and it was good and everything, but like it still felt like playing an old ass game, right? Like games move pretty quickly because it takes three years to develop them. But man, they just set so many precedents that you just don't want to go back to active reloading. Why, why, why don't more games have active reloading? Come on. And I want to play these games, but I just don't want to look at crappy old UI, man. Like I, I just don't, I just hate the way Morrowind looks on my Xbox, but I refuse to like get a PC just to play a a 20 year old game at this point with upgraded mods. Yeah, no. And like you said, sometimes just old games are old and some things that really help are when say it's, uh, you know, it it may be like elder scrolls four, but it's not like that. And elder scrolls five have a tightly knit story. No, it, 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 if it were something where the stories were much more connected, like say, okay, God of War three and the 2018 God of War, those stories are much more connected. So while God of War three's gameplay is much older, it's easier to go into because you, the story is a major part of it. Right. With elder scrolls for oblivion, it feels much less like Elder Scrolls four and much more just like oblivion where it's a part of the story, but it's not like by playing this, you get so much more out of Skyrim or anything. It's like, I mean, sure. If you dive like super deep into it, yes, but I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not a nerd. I just like playing video games. There's a difference. I just want to play it on like, I I, I want them to just update stuff. Like I'm, I, I was watching videos earlier because I was like, should I just start a new character? Should I like really commit? Should this be the time I like actually give in and like let oblivion take over my life? And I was watching clips earlier. There's I think a a fudge Muppet video. That's just like things Skyrim players need to know before playing oblivion. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll just pretend I've never played this game before. And then I saw like the conversation wheel or like the persuasion wheel, whatever it's called. And like, it just looks like dog crap, man. Like I, I, I just can't, I just can't go into that. And I think Skyrim did a huge disservice by like kind of making the game boring, but like made it really efficient. Like the menu system is, I think really, really good. If really like, like without personality, right? Like it's just, you press circle or you press B, whatever it is, whatever controller you're playing with. And then you just have like arrows that you can like different compartments you can move to with the, the D pad. And like, that's pretty much it, right? Like that's yeah. the menu system. And it, it looks like you're opening up a book in oblivion, which in theory is really cool, but like it's in a crappy, like Sanskrit font, like pap- uh, papyrus, right? Like that's what it's called. Like that crappy font, like the yeah. avatar font. And it's like, okay, this is like really hard to read. If I'm on my couch, I have to like lean forward and squint, which is, I need glasses. That's like a different problem, but still that, like that could be cleaner. And it's just like, okay, what's let's put light brown font on top of like a beige piece of paper. I'm like, well, that's yeah. just really hard to read, man. <laughs> like you gotta yeah, do, you gotta do choice. better than that. Yeah. And all the sliders, like they basically just like took a PC game and then did their best to make it work on console. And I just, it's been 11 years, man. And like, I'm sorry, but like, you guys haven't really done anything. Like Fallout 3 was, or sorry, Fallout 4 was just Fallout 3 with less bad in it, right? Like it, was, it just like ran yep. a, 
can more consistently and had like again i'd argue a, a more boring art direction oh i agree I agree. Pr- prettier art direction i guess but like way way more boring especially like when you compare it to something like new vegas and it's just like these games are taking longer but like they're technically getting worse while they're getting better really confusing but we've talked about that on the show before and i stand by it and like man i just like i i don't want them to change anything in oblivion i don't want them to change anything in morrowind i just want them to like make it work in 2022 yeah yeah like okay i i shouldn't say i don't want them to change anything but just make it a little closer to newer gameplay standards mm-hmm. just make it make some quality of life improvements that need to be done also, like Bethesda needs to be embarrassed. I'm sorry. I've, I've I've fallen down like an Elder Scrolls shaped rabbit hole this past weekend week. And like, I can't believe all we've gotten for Elder Scrolls six was like that teaser trailer and like yeah. a, a, a mention during like a, a new game announcement. And like, I'm sure whatever their new game is, it's not Starfield. Terrible. Starfield. Thank you. I, I legitimately forgot it was coming out until this very moment. Yeah, it was supposed, it was supposed to be on like a month. And I, yeah. I can't I can't believe they fumbled that and pushed it to next year. Like, <clears throat> I'm sure that game is going to be enjoyable at the very least. Right. Like, I, I think Bethesda's floor is really high. Mm-hmm. Um, But I'm just like looking at that game and I'm wondering, I'm like, OK, so like that's why we like we've gotten one Fallout game from them since, you know, like since Skyrim. And I, I know they contributed like they became more of like a production role. Right. With like arcane games and and, uh, Zenimax Studios, like helping out with Elder Scrolls online. And that's supposed to be like your Elder Scrolls fix. I don't want to play an MMO. Like I want to play the game that you like made me fall in love with. And it's just bizarre to me that like Grand Theft Auto 5 came out in like what, 2013 on PS3 and 360? Yes. And we've we've gotten Red Dead Redemption 2 since then. Right. Like it's embarrassing they keep releasing Grand Theft Auto 5 on like everything, but like whatever. They gave us another game. It wasn't everyone's favorite game, but like they gave us like a whole ass other game that also like pushed boundaries in a way that Fallout 4 did not push boundaries. Fallout 4 Agreed. was like a, a mea culpa, like them admitting how much they dropped the ball with Fallout 3. And it's just bizarre to me that like they haven't done anything or anything more interesting than just figuring out what platform they can put Skyrim on next. I do enjoy playing Skyrim on my Alexa, I'm not going to lie. That's honestly, that's the most interesting version of Skyrim. You're not wrong. Cause like that really feels like you're just talking to a DM. Like that's really cool. But like, I'm, I'm supposed to sit here as like an elder scrolls fan and like, you know, pat him on the back for releasing blades kind of right. Like it works, but like melted phones, it came on at first and just ate up batteries. Like, like I'm supposed to sit here and think that like, they're doing like a great job and like they're awesome at management. Like I, I can't do that. And I feel bad because I try to be positive, but man, they're really just like pushing me to the limit. Starfield better be amazing. I like, it's not really a game I'm going into, but I really do want it to succeed. I just, like you said, and I'm so happy you use a fancy football term. They have a high floor, yeah, but I really don't see them having a high ceiling. No, you know what game at the highest ceiling was probably Oblivion. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, right. That because actually the highest ceiling was probably Morrowind because of it being such a change up from the conventional Elder Scrolls gameplay system. 
mm-hmm. it that that's when it really started to soar and it probably had such a low floor at that point because it was like this is a whole new thing and it got so popular that that's what made it have this high floor you're not going to be on the show next week i don't think um that said i have time to get into one game which one do you want to hear a little report card on oblivion or morrowind for next week Mm, oblivion all right i'm i'm jumping in i'm gonna talk to patrick stewart again and uh just try to find my way in the world i'm also i'm gonna be that jerk who turns off like the auto leveling or whatever it's called when the enemies match your level oh okay uh level scaling level scaling yeah uh that's bro that is not why i play fantasy games (laughs) i did not know that game had level scaling yeah uh, wherever you are, they're the same levels. You so like, nope, I, I that's not how I, I want to play that game. So I'll be turning that off. Huh. Uh, but that's that's pretty much all I've been playing, man. Um, thank you for letting me go on that little rant. I'm sorry, I didn't ask you to put your shoes on before we went for that walk. Hey, it's okay. My feet enjoyed the walk. Okay, and you've been playing something too that you're excited about. Yes, I've actually. There are two things I've been playing that I'm super excited about. One of them uh, just released recently, Valkyrie Elysium, the new Square Enix game. Oh, man. Yeah, you had a bit of a, a, a drama tour to get this game, didn't you? Apparently, places are having trouble getting physical copies of this. And uh, I actually found a, an article saying GameStop's just having trouble getting physical copies of games in general. Oh. Um, but... So I ended up getting the digital deluxe version off PSN. So at the end of December, I'll have the remaster of the PSP game, which is a remaster of the PS1 game. Science. Okay. Uh, (laughs) If If you can remaster a PS1 game, you can remaster an Xbox game from 2002. Come on. It uh, the the PS one one is the original one, and this is the an actual sequel. Every other one that came out was a like prequel. Okay, but this one is a sequel, but it's far in the future or something like that. I don't know. Um, but it's a really fun game, and I come out of that. It's I had no idea going in that it was like Norse themed. Mm-hmm. I mean, thinking of the name Valkyrie Elysium, but uh, you play as a Valkyrie who's like doing work for Odin and the combat is so incredibly satisfying where I will come out of a fight feeling like, Hmm, could have done a lot better or I'll come out with my power level over 9,000 and just raving excitedly. Is that like a literal over 9,000 or is that a reference? That's a reference. Okay. I don't know. I don't know how this game works. I wasn't sure if that was like actually like, oh, they didn't do S ranking. Oh, they did numbers. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. So, I mean, they did do S ranking and we'll talk about that later. Hint, hint. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you don't have a conventional party. What you have is it's you and you summon, you have like summon fighters that help you that they're like dead, but they're like, they pledge themselves to help you. And each one has a, an element. So where I'm at in the game, I have one that's electric, one that's ice, and one that's holy. And you can summon two at a time, and they will fight with you. 
and you can choose of the ones that like you have out say i summon the electric one first and then the holy one and i have those two out my weapon will have holy element added to it but if i want i can just select the lightning one and i'll have lightning element equipped to my weapon and there are different weapons you can equip at any time creatures and enemies will have different weapon types that they're weak to elements that they're weak to so you do more damage damage by equipping a weapon they're weak to and an element that they're weak to and it's like extra extra damage to them it it's such a satisfying combat flow that really has me hooked on a jrpg in ways that i haven't been in quite a while see i can appreciate that like i there are some Final Fantasy games where it feels like it just makes it like complicated just to show how impressive their combat system is. Or like uh like I, I love Do I love it? Do I love it? No, I'm not gonna say that, never mind. But like something like Pokemon just like makes it super simple, right? It's like, oh I got like an electric rat and that's like a jellyfish. Like I, I know how this is gonna go. So the fact that it is so straightforward makes it easier to get into which then lets you focus on other things yeah exactly uh the other game that i have been getting into is back in the day i tried bayonetta Mm -hmm. on ps3 yikes and i shouldn't even say back in the day this was like two or three years ago and i'm like this game's not that great i don't get why people like it Mm -hmm. but Everyone kept raving about and raving about. So I ended up getting the PS4 Vanquish Bayonetta remaster bundle. bundle. And a new Bayonetta 3 was coming out. So a couple weeks ago, I'm like, you know what? It's time. Let me let me give Bayonetta another try. I fell in love with that game. It was so good. Yeah. That I instantly ordered Bayonetta 2. Oh. Which is apparently really hard to come by and it's it never dropped in price it's still 60 bucks if you can find it for that the switch version yeah nice and that game i'm in i'm on chapter four right now of bayonetta 2 that game has possibly the second most satisfying combat i have ever felt in a game second only to devil may cry 5 I was going to say Mortal Kombat 2. Um, so if we were doing like, if this were the end of the year and you were on the award show, would this be like the best game you played this year from not this year? No, but it would be close. Okay. Only because there is a game that I played earlier this year that surprised me in so many ways, Tormented Souls. And that's from last year. Gotcha. But it would probably be second right now, if I had okay. to guess. All right. I absolutely fell in love with this game. Bayonetta 3 comes out the day I go to New York City for a weekend. And I have it on pre-order at GameStop, but if they don't get it in, I'm canceling my pre-order and I'm going to go to every store in the area to find a copy. That way I can take it with me to the city and play it in the hotel room because I am playing Bayonetta 3 right when it comes out. I hear ya. And I don't, I don't want I don't mean to sound like I'm yucking your yum, but if you're in New York City for the weekend like Live it up in New York City, man. You know the bars there close at four? Like, come on. I don't go to bars. And my hotel is in New Jersey. So when I get back, especially after a day of walking around the city, 
Yeah, your dog's I'm gonna, gonna be I'm, barking. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna get back and be like, well, I'm gonna lay in bed and die. Can you do so, me a favor? Yes. Can you go to my friend Michael's favorite pizza place in New York City? I believe it's called Savara's. You mean uh, Michael Scott's favorite pizza place? Yes. Yeah, yeah, we're close. Yes. Good old <laughs> that's, Mike. That's that's low key like the one of the funniest jokes on that entire show. <laughs> I have Peacock now, so I've been watching the Super Fan episodes. I'm falling in love with that show all over again. No, oh, look at us. Look at us now. But yeah, Bayonetta. I I I did a hardcore 180 from I don't get why people like this to I freaking love this series. Did you like retroactively get mad at yourself for not diving into it sooner? Absolutely. Yeah. You could have. You could have had more time. I picked up the physical copy of the first Bayonetta that just came out on Switch. Even. Okay. It's staying sealed. Uh, I. This is a safe space, right? Like we're we're buddies. Yeah. Right. Dude, I gotta be honest. Like, so games are cool. I like games. Don't get me wrong. I'm like averaging like five Gundam model kits a week now. That's awesome. Yeah, like they're all HG kits, so like they're they're pretty easy to bang out. I built a master grade on on Sunday, and that was kind of a terrible experience. The parts are so small. Like I actually like lost one because it like fell out and it was so small and I got like a shag carpet, so it's just I'm never gonna Ooh. find it again. I assume the dogs ate it. Probably. But man, averaging like five of those a week feels really good. It feels good. I, uh, I've got like nine Zoids here. I still need to build and I have like three next month, one this month, two or three in December. And I pre-ordered two more today. Nice. I'm super proud of myself. Newtype.us. That's like the website I, I used to like order all these Gundam models. And uh, they had a huge restock today, and I didn't buy anything from the restock. I'm oddly proud of myself for holding firm. Because there was like five that I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I want those. I'm like, no, dude, you got so many. I got a stack of like like 12 or 15 unbuilt ones. I'm like, no, I should focus on those first. In your defense. Yeah, if I'm building five a week, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Also, I'm kind of on your side now, not just with Zoids, but... I want to find and not even find but like order or whatever, like literally all of the Gundams, all not even just Gundams, but like all of the kits from this new series. Oh, dude, Mer- Witcher Mercury. Yeah, new Gundam show premiered last week in Japan and it's simulcasting on Crunchyroll. I resubscribed to Crunchyroll. And when I say resubscribed, I mean, I subscribed for one month just to try to find a show. I'm like, there's got to be something I like. And I was like, I'm just not a sub guy. And then if it turns out this is the only way I can watch Witch for Mercury, then I guess I got to be a sub guy. First episode was great. It was so it was, good. It was so gay. I loved it so much. Yeah, same. It, yeah. We, we've never really seen a Gundam series like this, and I'm glad we are. Yeah, the other ones were like coded gay like like quietly gay right like on the yeah. wing kind of a gay show like let's Absolutely. be honest it was just a boy band right yeah. it was a boy band who wanted to spend more time with each other than like the women who were obviously interested in them like come on we, we know what that means and then this one is just like forthrightly gay it's like oh sick all right cool yeah i'm into this and the mech design is awesome oh my god the main gundam is oh i'm in love with it yeah, it's it so looks, good it looks really good I'm excited, man. Can't wait for Sunday for multiple reasons. You got football, you got Rick and Morty, and you got Witch from Mercury. It's going to be a great Sunday. 
I actually had no idea what day the new episode came out, so thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's weird, too. Like, it's not really spoilers, but, like, man, what a tonal shift from the prologue to the first episode. It's so different. <laughs> right? So the different. First, first episode is, like, let's see how many war crimes we can commit in a 19-minute span. And then this was, like, let's tell a story of two women who are falling in love at the speed of light. It's like, okay, <laughs> like this isn't what I was expecting. Well, they made it seem like it was going to be like, okay, like we've taken on a, a whole bunch of stuff in previous shows. Let's, let's talk about like the nature of capitalism and how that's actually ruining the world. And that was like what the prologue was. Yep. And these horrible atrocities that were committed in the name of profit and, and, you know, sound business. And then the geez, Louise, the first episode is, <laughs> such a departure it's so good we're, we're going to school we disagree let's have a gundam fight to find out who's right let's eat tomatoes very sensually yes god so good <sighs> well that's that's pretty much all i've got on my plate for for what i've been playing and what i've been up to this past week how about you any any other any other nuggets to add before we move on that that's really it uh I finally played as Pinhead in Dead by Daylight, and he's one of my favorite characters to play as now, and I literally played one round with him. Does he summon other Cenobites? No, but his special thing is you can, like, teleport your chain, and then the chain comes out, and you, like, direction it, kind of like, uh, imagine Scorpion's get over here thing. Mm-hmm. To which point I actually was saying get over here every time I like manage to hook somebody and it, like keeps them there for a moment. They have to like un like get themselves free as you're getting closer to them and such. It's so good. I love that it. That makes sense. That show was there. That movie series was like all about weird bondage and BDSM. So that, that checks out. Literally. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's the special. I, I'm um, going to hopefully watch the first one soon. I've never the seen first one, or like the, they just released a new one to Hulu too. The the first one, first one. The first one. Okay. Clive Barker. Yeah, yeah buddy. Uh, so wait, this episode comes out Friday. You're streaming Friday, right? Yes, I am. Oh, do you know what game you're streaming on Friday? It's going to be one of two things. I'm either going to play the Romantylvania demo from Steam Next Fest. It is, imagine a Metroidvania game, Mm -hmm. but it's, you're a really lonely Dracula who's going on a dating show. Okay. It's made by the team that made Perception, the Deep End Games, and I love their stuff, and I'm so excited. I, I'll i put it out there. I backed this game on Kickstarter, so I've been getting updates and such. It looks great. Like, one of the characters is literally a woman who's, like, made out of pumpkin and such. Her name is P.S.E.L.L.E. P.S.L. Okay. Okay. Pumpkin spice latte. Got it. <laughs> so it is, it's a dating sim? No, it is a Metroidvania. Okay. That's well, a, it's all about Drac who's going on a dating show. Okay, because there was that one, I think his name was Brian David Gilbert. Like, he worked at Polygon, and then he did, like, one really in-depth video ranking the minions of Castlevania by hotness. And so I just assumed this game was inspired by that YouTube video, which is great. You should check it out if you haven't seen it. Th- that actually makes me, I want to play the Dead by Daylight dating sim. Okay. All right. Uh, so that's option one. What's option two? Uh, option two, continuing Rule of Rose. The old, super rare PS2 horror game 
that was banned in the UK. And it is one of the few examples of it was a plate, like a second party PlayStation game, like PlayStation published it in Japan, but didn't want to publish it over here. So Atlas did. Gotcha. I'm proud of you for playing it. I was afraid it would be like, like a person who spends like a lot of money on a Ferrari, but never drives it. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely want to play this game. The other option is I started Clive Barker's Jericho. How is it? I like it. It's pretty bad, but I enjoy it. Well, that was like, I mean, you were talking about like Bayonetta and like I immediately flash back to being in college and like my roommate and I going down to GameStop to like grab that game. It running like crap on PS3. And then we went back down to GameStop. It was like a two mile walk, like in Vermont in the winter. So we like really wanted to play it. I we, like, bought it used, <laughs> bought it used and then went down and returned it for the 360 version. And then I just watched him play that while I was like doing homework. And then I jumped onto my Wii. Uh, Warrior Land Shake It, you know, that game doesn't beat itself. So, okay, gotta get into it. <laughs> it's not gonna shake itself. No, it's not. But like uh, Clive Barker's Jericho, that was always like, I'm always so, so close to buying games that are like under $10. Cause like, I don't care how bad a game is. Like, how many thousands of people worked on it? How long do they work on it? It's like, you're telling me that's not worth $10. Like, come on. Yeah. And I'm the same way. So, like, if I see a game under 10 bucks, I'm like, probably gonna get this yeah i talked about that's how i got strange brigade yeah true and like man that game's awesome you're gonna love that game after we get the plat in zombie army 4 you're gonna want to play strange brigade god i love zombie army 4 just say the word baby we'll be there it's a it's technically a spooky game so it fits in for for halloween streams so keep that in mind Ooh. all right let's move on to uh games that uh, that have like respectable platinums. At least that was what I did. Elijah and I, we both love trophies. I haven't loved trophies that much this year, but I'm going through some stuff. I currently have so much anxiety in my chest. It feels like an alien's about to explode out of it. And it's really cool having anxiety and heartburn because you feel like you're just about to have a heart attack. And so what I do in that situation is I either build a Gundam model or I play a video game to distract me because going for trophies, it's very... Uh, therapeutic i guess to just sit there and like shut your brain off and just go for a goal it's really nice so i got five games here that uh i I plan to use to distract me from having a panic attack in the next 10 days elijah what what were your stipulations for for five games basically i wanted to find games that the trophies may be time consuming but aren't going to make you throw a controller gotcha that's yeah more or less the same thing right yeah, like some of mine are very time consuming, but it's more of just, oh, just play the game a while. Yeah. All right. Well, shoot, you're our guest. Kick us off, Elijah. So I'll actually start with the game I talked about earlier, Valkyrie Elysium. I was getting the trophies and some of them I was looking at the trophy guide and I'm like, or looking at the trophy list. I'm like, how's this going to be you to get one of them is to get S rank on every chapter. You can replay the chapters at any time. You don't have to like do it all in a new game or anything like that. You mm-hmm. can it there's also uh four endings and like the one thing is to get all four endings. You can do that super easy all in the same playthrough. Oh, okay. Basically it's uh chapter 9. There's nine chapters in it. Chapter 9 at at the beginning, you're going to make like one of four choices basically. And you can just keep doing that. Just save scum. Yeah. Now, I, I, don't, I don't even know if you have to save scum, but 
like I, I guess you can just go back and replay the chapters. Okay. Like once it's all said and done, you can just replay chapter nine. Like you just go to the I'm going to go somewhere, and then it brings up like the chapter list and chapter nine. Click. And you can watch all the endings. Hell the yeah. only the only thing you have to do is replay the game on hard, but that's it. All right, very cool. Um, first game I'm going to talk about, Warhammer Chaos Bane. I've talked about this a bunch. I mentioned it last week on our episode with Fabio where we talk about good co-op games. This is like the Diablo clone set in like the Warhammer oh, yeah. fantasy. Uh, the, God, they changed the name to like Warhammer, like Lightbringer or something to like distinguish it further from 40K. But um, yeah, this is just like... Diablo, <laughs> you know, it's all about like how many enemies can you get on screen at once and how quickly can you mow them down. In this game, um, really, really like rewarding level up system where, you know, you can level up your abilities and whatnot, but then there's also just like a like a character tree that you level up as well that gives you like uh, permanent stat bonuses. And it's just ugh, it's so satisfying just like watching those numbers go up, man. And uh, you can burn through the game pretty quickly. Um, I think it's probably like a, a 25 hour platinum, maybe like a 20 hour platinum, uh, but super fun, super enjoyable. And yeah, I, I, I really, really dig this game and can't recommend it enough. If you're just looking for, you know, some more 44 trophies to, to add to your account. I, I am curious to try out some of those Warhammer games there. I haven't played a bad one yet. Like Warhammer Vermintide is super fun. That's just like fantasy left for dead. Warhammer Chaos Bane is just Diablo. Um, I was playing one 40k game. That's pretty good. I can't remember the name of it. Oh, off the top of my head. What is it called? Uh, Warhammer 40k Inquisitor Martyr. And that okay. one is is basically like a cross between like Diablo and like... Um, like Warcraft three, like remember how you could like get like hero characters, yeah, and it was like kind of an RTS style combat, but then like that was like basically like an action RPG, like it's kind of like that, like it feels it feels more uh, point and click than than Ka- Warhammer Chaos Bane is. So like I, I don't want to call it like another Diablo clone, but okay, uh, but like those games are always like under ten bucks on on a sale, so I recommend all those. I think I think number of them are under ten bucks on sale right now. That feels right, Elijah. Not gonna lie to you, it's, it's, that's how I found them at the bottom of the barrel, and I've I've loved every second with them. Uh, what's what's your next game? So I'll go with one that I mentioned that's gonna take a long time, but it's rather easy, and that's Final Fantasy fourteen, the MMO. It'll take a while, but looking at the trophies. They're not that hard. And if you get the expansions, you can make it so much easier because you can basically the hardest trophy for towards getting the platinum itself would be to beat the coil of Bahamut. But you can do it unlevel synced. And me at level 70, I think I tried it at, which is the or maybe i tried at level 60 i don't remember but like level 60 is the level cap for the expansion mm-hmm. i tried it unsynced as a dps and i got it halfway down just by myself and if you beat it it counts so it's so you're, re- so you're saying there's a chance 
yeah, like if if you do it unlevel synced and you have the expansions, just keep playing through the game, play through the expansions, get uh, trophies from them and such. Eventually, you can just kind of walk into the hardest trophy in the original trophy list, kind of smack it around a bit and walk out and you have the trophy. Okay. All right. So it takes a while, but it's it's a very easy list. Very cool. Uh, next up, I got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. This game is so much more fun with friends. Uh, I know it's hard to like organize times to play with people, but this game is great with some buddies. And uh, basically, you just got to play through the game a bunch. Like it takes probably like between 45 minutes to an hour to like beat the campaign. Like I think there's 15 or 16 levels and like all of them take less than five minutes to do, you know, especially. Yeah your second third time doing it you basically got to level up each character to level 10 that's like a time consuming one and then by the end of like you know doing the entire campaign you'll get them to like level eight so then you got to play like one or two levels afterwards and then you got to do that to see all the endings the hardest trophy is going to be beating the game in arcade mode without going down that one is like legitimately hard but you could also play it on easy and, and do that i believe so oh okay so not that hard. Uh, the second hardest trophy is going to be defeating Shredder, like Super Shredder at the end of the game without taking a hit, which like I'm not great at pattern recognition in the game. Like I can't like, you know, get the cadence of like a Dark Souls boss, which is why I don't play those games. But if you're even remotely good at that, it's it's got to be so much easier. Like the dude never goes like off screen. He can't like come up behind you or anything. So if you're good at Bloodborne, if you're good at, uh, at Dark Souls or, you know, Neo, whatever those games are like, and your ability to just like perceive small permutations in, in a character's movement, like you're going to do great at this game. I believe in you. Interesting. I've been, I've had my eye on it. I haven't grabbed it yet, but I've had my eye on it for a while, but it looks really fun. I'm not even that big on the Ninja Turtles, but it looks really fun. Oh man. I love the cartoon as a kid and the, the movie in particular. The, I, I saw the first movie. I don't think I saw any of the others. I genuinely love like Turtles in Time, the third one, and everyone was just like, "That's the worst one ever." It's just like, you know, they're 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 Ninja Turtles, uh, but they they they're samurai in this movie. Make it make sense. I'm like, they, they're turtles who travel in time. Like, why do I have to make that part of the movie make sense? Shut up. Yeah, I don't need to make sense at that point. Also, I was seven. Like, I sorry for checking my brain at the door on you know the appropriate titles for these time traveling fucking turtles. Um... <laughs> Elijah, next game. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm thinking of time traveling turtles now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with Chernobylite, which is a first-person shooter, light survival horrorish game. Okay. And the trophy list is basically play through the game, do the side missions that get you the new characters. And you have the platinum. And oh, damn. Yeah, hours? Uh, I, I want to say it took me now. There was a save bug with mine, so I never actually got the platinum yet. I need to go back and do it. I just I literally just need the trophy for beating the game. OK. But when my game broke on me, I was in the last mission and I think I was at like 13 hours. Oh, OK. That's. Bang that out in a week. Yeah. it It's really simple. But like super fun game. Easy platinum. I actually I can't recommend that one enough. I love that game. Cool. Cool. 
All right, next game I got uh, Five Dates. This was like, I think, a student-made game in the UK. I want to play this. I don't know if it was like developed during COVID because it's all about video dating and like having conversations with, I think you play as like a straight white dude yep. and you have conversations with uh, various women who have various jobs and various uh, situations in life. And uh, to get the platinum, like you just have to like either vibe or not vibe with these people. I think those were like basically the only trophies. Like, I think you get one for like, Oh, you went on a date with all five women. That's great. But uh, like, it's either like, man, you really got to piss this person off. Or it's like, you really got to like knock it out of the park with this chick. And it's, it was super fun. It was super cute. Charming. I played it on like remote play. Like it's like, I played it on my desktop in my office while my PlayStation five was running in my living room. Just so uh, my girlfriend could, could watch TV out there. But yeah, super easy. I think it took like four hours to get, maybe, for Platinum, uh, which is, you know, pretty I, good. I actually have, like, I've played a couple of their games. It's from Goodgate Media mm-hmm. um, and published by Wales. I, I'm a big fan of Wales Interactive. But they have they also did The Complex and Bloodshore. Oh, uh, wait, The Complex with the chick from yes. Letterkenny, right? Yeah. Yes. That and Bloodshore, which I played somewhat recently, which is about influencer like uh social media influencers and that but in a battle royale okay and they also did a game called nightbook which i have and i have the physical copy on the way too i i have one to play five days for a while now i'm looking up right now it took me four hours and 35 minutes from first to last trophy uh so that that's a stream game you could do I am curious to look. I'm terrified at how much the physical price is. Yeah, I think I got it digitally for like five bucks or less. Like that is Oh yeah, it's always on sale. sale. That is a game that is also always on sale, yeah. Yeah, it's always on sale. Uh since with it being an FMV game, I really I really want to try and get like physical copies of all yeah, FMV games. I, I, I know you're a big fan of those, yeah. And yeah. Oh, actually not too bad. I expected more. Seeing like forty two bucks brand new. Okay. I mean, I, I feel like MSRP for that would have been like twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah. All right. So like, that's not, that's not that big of a leap. Nah. Uh, Elijah, hit me up with your next game. So the trophies for this next game could be cheaply attained. Or at least most of them. I choose near Automata. Okay. So first off, this game is amazing. But also, once you, there's like five main routes you play through. Um, Technically, you play through the game three times, but that third time, uh, you play through it three times, but the last two times is super short to get the final trophies. Uh, There is a merchant who pops up. You can literally buy all of the trophies from the merchant with in-game currency that mm-hmm. aren't story-based. You can't buy like the all, story like all the annoying grindy trophies. Yes, uh, because I, someone did the math. One of the trophies would take like 450 hours to attain. So I'm like, I'm not going to do that. And I just bought all the tro- because I was going for trophies as I was playing it. I wasn't going to just like wait till the end. I was actually going for them. So then by the time I got to the end. I'm like, I'm just going to buy all the other ones. So I saved the game, sold everything I owned, 
bought some of the trophies, reloaded the game, sold everything I owned, bought some more of the trophies, reloaded, did that a couple times until I had all of them. And then it was just kind of finish the game's main story and mm-hmm. add the platinum. Well, well, crap. And it's a fun game. Yeah, it's a fantastic game. If it takes 450 hours to get one trophy and there's like a mechanism for them to like sell you the trophy. I feel like they did that on purpose because they knew that trophy was BS. Right? Like, yes. Also, it's terrific because when you talk to the merchant, the merchant's like, we know why you're here. (laughs) 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 All right. Elijah, for my next game, do you think uh, PS3 or, or modern consoles would you rather hear? Ooh, let's do PS3. The Saboteur. So, like, if you go on my PSN profiles, it would tell you that it took me 11 years and five months to get this Platinum. Now, that's because I started this game and then I didn't touch it for 11 years and five months. It took me 10 days to get every trophy in this game. This game takes place in World War II, Nazi-occupied Paris, and, like, the world is completely black and white. And then uh, you show up as like this Irish mechanic who starts bringing hope back to the people of Paris by liberating different parts of the city. And you just get to kill Nazis and blow up Nazi installations the entire time. It's awesome. You just got to go around assassinating generals, taking out sniper perches, blowing up pillboxes and whatnot. This game's rad. This game's awesome. It's a little grindy. I'm not going to lie. It was 10 days. I played a lot in those 10 days. That's when I I know you did. I remember that. I was winding down on like a work contract where it's just like, oh yeah, super busy. Like the first, you know, six months. And then like the last month, it's just like, we're we're out of projects for you to do. I'm like, yeah, I know my contract's ending. I know you're out of projects, but you're going to pay me through the end of my freaking contract. Cause that's how this works. So I was playing a lot of saboteur on company time, which was awesome. I think that's what I need to get back into trophies. Like I just need to get paid to earn trophies more. I think that'll help me. Right. That's how that works. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm sure that's exactly how it works. Yeah. But super fun, open world, third person shooter made by pandemic studios who did like star Wars battlefront two and, and mercenaries and stuff like the original star Wars battlefront two on, on Xbox and original star Wars battlefront. Uh, but yeah, super fun game. Really recommend that. For my next one. Your final one, right? Sure. <laughs> okay. We'll I, mean, really, I mean, we'll do, we'll do bullet, bullet fire, rapid fire, uh, honorable. Mentions yeah. You said but, five to 10 and I came up with 10 way too easily. Uh, okay. <laughs> we know I love battle royale games. Well, some of them can be really stupid. Like, you know, PUBG's win 10 times. But Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt, that trophy list is really simple and easy. The The highest you have to get to with a class, because there are four classes in it, mm-hmm. the highest you have to get to with a class is fourth. Oh. It's like, get, get to fourth, and you're good. <laughs> and then there's just each each class has two i don't know we'll say each uh um each class has two different characters with like each one has a certain skill and then there's just for each one there's a trophy like use this skill this many times block this much damage using this skill 
So it's just play the game. And then the hardest, I shouldn't even say the hardest, probably the longest trophy is just like travel this distance. And it's literally the distance from like Prague to somewhere else. I forget. But again, it's just, just play the game. All right. You like battle royales. So like how, would, how does this one stack up to like, PUBG or honestly this one surprises me with how much i like it because it really sets itself apart and it it makes a good enough impression with its differences there's like a lot you know apex PUBG, uh uh the call of duty one that i can't think of the name off off the top of my head warzone you know they're different but they they still have an air of similarity. Mm-hmm. This does not feel like any of those games. Oh, like it, it it has such a different feeling. You know there are guns and stuff in it, but also there's melee weapons and there are different. There's like humans with different blood types that you can have up to three at the beginning, uh, where you can like drain blood from different people to get different. Like melee does an extra ten percent damage, and there's like three boosts for that. You can get up to fifty percent damage, and every time you kill an enemy, you can like add another. Now you can drain a fourth person's blood. Now you can drain a fifth person's blood. Stuff like that, and it like does enough to set itself apart from other games. Okay, yeah. that fantastic trophy list. Rad. Red Ram. All right, my my fifth and final game. Uh, it's called Crosscode. Oh yeah. So, this is a super fun game that I, I kind of stumbled into. It was on sale on uh, on the PlayStation Store. And man, this game's a lot of fun. It's a sixteen bit kind of like Zelda esque puzzles, I guess. Right, and so like it even looks like a Link to the Past. But it like alternates between like a melee game and like a, a, a twin stick shooter, and it's super weird story where like you're like an avatar from a video game that escaped from the game, and you're out in the real world, and you're trying to like get plugged back into the game. And so it's like a little little Metroidian that like you're constantly like relearning skills that like you used to have and, and upgrading your powers. But it's really pretty. It's it's really fun. Uh, I really recommend it. It's a lot of fun, and like the trophies are. You can get everything in like one playthrough, and like most of the trophies are like just chapter completion trophies and like boss fight trophies, and like there's one trophy for like dealing fifty thousand damage in a single hit, but like that's literally like the you can get that within ten minutes on like a new game plus. So like it's you know that's it's it's one playthrough plus ten minutes. Yeah. So yeah, I recommend that one. Finally, that's awesome. That that game has been on my list of. I'm very curious about this game. It's super fun. It's weird because it would have been like the perfect Vita game. I, I, the Vita probably couldn't have like run it the way it looks on on consoles, but it would have been good on on Vita, like the same way. Um, oh God, what's that? Uh, there was a Zelda like game on Vita, Reverie. The way Reverie. Was oh going. yeah, yeah. Reverie is my honorable mention. All right, Elijah, all you. <laughs> uh, a couple of my honorable mentions are Cthulhu Saves Christmas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very easy short game trophies are easy life is strange true colors 
most of the trophies are straightforward. There's just a couple like find this in the like in nature and you'll get the trophy for it. Scarlet Nexus, which was a little time consuming, but trophies were straightforward and I had such a blast playing it. I didn't mind the grind for the last couple trophies. Mm-hmm. Voice of Cards, the Isle Dragon Roars, which is a turn-based RPG that's played out entirely like a like through cards like literally the ground is a whole bunch of cards placed together and like when you take a step the cards around you flip to reveal the ground there and then take another step and then those cards flip it's really cool but super easy short i want to say i beat the game and got the there was one trophy that took a while but 20 hours all said and done without that last trophy i think it was like 15 and my last one is Final Fantasy 15. A little while, takes a little while, but very easy. And like the end fight, that's like the pain in the butt, just level up and it takes a while, but it's not hard. I think all my characters were like level 65 to 68 and the fight took like three and a half hours, but it wasn't hard. It was just time consuming. Oh, that's so long. But that they, then again, they had to know what they were doing. When they oh, they absolutely did. Trophy, right? like that, but then again, if you like, if your character's levels are higher, it'll be shorter. Okay. I I think I was on the like the lower end of people, you know, fighting it. So. Okay. Well, there you have it, listeners. There's ten plus games for you to just go grab a platinum in at your earliest convenience. Elijah, we got, I want to keep this to like a, around an hour. Maybe we'll go a little bit longer. Talk to me about fantasy football, man. How, how are your teams doing this, this year? Let's limit it. I know you're in a lot of leagues. Let's talk about like your, your three favorite leagues. Like I, I was going to say they're, they're really like maybe four, maybe five tops leagues that like are my, I really want to do good in these leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have one on ESPN that are with a bunch of friends uh, I'm not doing good in that one at all. I'm are you one, are are you like an ESPN guy, a CBS guy, a Yahoo guy? Sleeper. Oh, the, the do they have an app? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's where that's where I have nine of my ten leagues. Oh wow. Okay. Um. So yeah, there there's that one on ESPN. I'm one in four, uh, or one in three. Then. There's probably what I would consider my main, main league, which is my keeper league. You can keep 12 players a year and you keep it where you drafted them. I traded picks away. There's a reason until or until 2026. I don't have a draft pick until like the 16th round. But I get to keep my main starting lineup. Mm-hmm. which is ridiculous and beautiful where my four starting wide receivers are AJ Brown, Tyree kill Cooper cup and Devonte Adams. It's a pretty solid team. You got there. Yeah. Joe Burrow is my quarterback and my main running backs are Dalvin cook, Josh Jacobs and Zeke Elliott. What round do you get Joe Burrow in? Cause he was like the first overall pick. Uh, I drafted him in the fourth. Okay. But like, the, the way it works with keep with our, I don't know if this is normal for keeper leagues, but with ours is like, I drafted him in the fourth. I think I had two fourth round picks that year. 
So then when it was all said and done, I could choose one of them that would stay a fourth and the next would be a fifth. Mm-hmm. But also, I think that was the year I traded and got like three or four second round players. So basically it was all three of them ended up being second, third and fourth round. So then my third round keeper was now a fifth. My two fourths were now six and seven, so on, so on. It, it just gotcha. everything got bumped down. Uh, that's why Joe Burrow this year is going to be an eleventh round keep. He started the fourth. AJ okay. Brown uh, is going to be tenth. Uh, he started the fourth. Man, remember the Patriots could have drafted AJ Brown and Debo Samuel, and instead they took Nikhil Harry. That was cool, right? Remember when the Eagles drafted Jalen Rager? Literally Instead right of, before Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. I do remember that. I got I got some Eagles fans on my left. I bring that up quite a bit. Thankfully, they don't throw an Akil Harry in my face that often. During the Viking Saints game, I literally just any time something had went wrong, I blamed Jalen Rager, even if it was yeah. the Saints. Yeah, like something weird. went wrong for the Saints, I blamed Rager. Yeah. But I'd say the other main main league I have, I don't know why I like this league so much. But it's a 32-team league with IDP. That's too like, much, man. I have That's two starting quarterbacks. And, I mean, I got one accidentally, which was fantastic. And, like, that's ridiculous for that league. You got you to gotta, you gotta drop one of them and just pick up Bailey Zappi. That guy's the future. Bailey Zappi is on. This, this thing is 32 teams. Bailey Zappi was drafted. Because he had to be. Okay, yeah, I'm doing the math. That actually makes sense. That's so. That's so insane. I'm in a 12 person IDP individual defensive player league where you have to like. It's not just offense. You also have to field like a defensive tackle, defensive ends, linebackers, uh, cornerbacks, yeah, safeties. In normal leagues, you'll just pick like the Dolphins' defense or the Eagles' defense. But in this like, I thankfully after week one, I picked up Cater Kohu, who's a defensive back for the Dolphins. Yeah. Um, I'm in five leagues and I'm three and one in all of them, except for the one I care about, which I'm one in three in. Of course, because you care about it. Because I care about it. Uh, so that's like a partial keeper league where you can keep two players from your team from the year before. And so I kept Josh Allen because I've had him since like 2016. I'm, or like whenever he entered the league is, is like when I, I picked him up like off waivers and I just like never gave him up. I traded him in like, like oh, three years were- ago. He runs, you know, um, even when the bills were like dog shit, uh, it was great having him on the team. That's fair. Yeah. And so I kept Najee Harris, which in hindsight, that was a mistake. I should have kept Tyreek Hill Mm -hmm. and then I'm doing the math. So like the first two rounds are basically decided. So like Saquon Barkley by default became a first round pick, even though it's technically like a third round. Yeah. And I'm doing the math and like Saquon Barkley was drafted right after me in in the third round. So I'm just like, you're telling me I could have had Tyree kill Saquon Barkley and Josh Allen. Like that's a, that's a, that's a solid starting. Three Absolutely. Picks. It is. So I'm still kicking myself over that one. That one's super fun though. Cause I do that. Like that's like all my high school friends. Uh, that is nice. And every week, like my best friend from high school comes over and we record like a little audio newsletter where we recap the week. And we watch the first half of the game together. It's one of my favorite parts about the week. It's really nice. And, you know, you saying about you keeping Najee Harris, running backs have been so inconsistent and just not good this year. 
Jonathan Taylor is averaging like I'm gonna say through four games he has fifty points. Yeah, which that's not great. is very bad for someone who was the like consensus very first pick in every draft this year. Yeah. I I my college league is like it's run by my friend Mike. I love him, but he's also like an idiot. So like we basically he dropped the ball so hard on like organizing a draft that we auto drafted the Friday after kickoff. And then just like we got to fill in like so if you had Josh Allen, you got the points for Josh Allen, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh I think I got Jonathan Taylor in that league, and I'm just like, God, I hate this so much. Oh no. I hate this. I hate everything about this. And like the the real steal in this year's draft were like later running backs. Like later later running backs and later receivers. Like I know you're gonna say yeah. you're gonna say your your boyfriend Josh Jacobs. Well not not uh, just that, but Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce for sure. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. Yes, absolutely. Like that James, like James Robinson. Player. James Robinson, who was, who was coming off the Achilles, and people were like, well, it doesn't matter because Travis Etienne is the starting running back now. And they were drafting Etienne in like the fourth round, and James Robinson was like a tenth round. I guess I'll take him. Yeah. Yeah, I picked him up off waivers two weeks ago, so I'm pretty happy. Absolutely. I look at that Eagles game as a, like, just a a blip. Oh, for sure. I mean, you guys are, like, the number one or number two defense in the league behind the Bills just by points allowed. So, like, yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I really really thought Najee Harris would have been better because I'm like, oh, well, like, Ben Roethlisberger can't throw at all. Mitch Trubisky's not good. But having a quarterback who can run should like free up defenders to like open lanes for him, or he could just like dump off to him with like wheel route after wheel route. Because like Mr. Biscuit, not a great quarterback, but yeah, I assume he could pass the ball eight yards into the backfield <laughs> or like do a handoff. I, I trusted him to do that, and apparently that was too much. Also, like the Liz Frank fracture, or whatever he's got. Like, bleh, well, yeah. yes, but also like. It's not that he can't do it. It's just that that offensive line is not giving him time. Yeah. Like somewhere Ben Roethlisberger is just sitting at home watching the games with ice on his shoulders laughing. Yeah. And he's like, I can do better than this turd. So like, it's not that Najee Harris is bad. It's that the offensive line is so bad that it makes him look bad. We, we, we talk about this all the time about how we're going to do like, you know, fantasy game critic to bring it back to video games to close us out. Is there anything you'd want to take from fantasy football and see applied in other games? Like I think the real time player updates is like such an interesting idea. I'm I'm wondering how that could work in some other capacity, right? Where it's like, I like the way Splatoon does their, their Splatfest where it's like voting or whatever. Yeah. Like I almost want to draft like, okay, like with these formats and, and on this level, like uh, I think shotguns are going to have the most kills, you know? And like you like draft like a gun in call of duty to like perform that week. Like, I don't know if I would be involved in that, but like if that was like a news article on a website, like I'd it's click an interesting it. idea. Yeah. And like as crazy as it sounds, and I don't think Madden does this, a fantasy football game where it takes like the Madden stats or whatever. And you draft like fantasy football. And then 
sit back and let the games play out. And oh, then that's... at the end, it like tallies up your points and like, you know, it, it takes into account uh, Jonathan Taylor is probably like a 99 or whatever in that game. I don't know. But like, <laughs> it takes that into account. Yeah. And then I get 1987 Jerry Rice from my ultimate team. God, feel, those... feel pretty good about that. 2007, I, 2007, Randy Moss. I had an, a 99 overall Tom Brady in Madden a couple years ago in my mutt, and uh, it literally made my team unstoppable. <laughs> That's right. I actually have a platinum in a Madden game. I'm trying so hard. I need to like schedule a timeout where it's like I have so many interests and hobbies that like I act I actively need to schedule stuff out. Like I just need to say like, hey George, Sunday is like your Vita day or your 3DS. Like you're only gonna play. Vita and 3DS while football's playing. Like, thankfully, the Patriots aren't very good, so I can, like, kind of do stuff during the game. I, I mean, like, not do that. very good, but they almost beat Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Bailey Zappi almost beat Aaron Rodgers. Okay, but I also think that Packers team is, like, shit. So, yeah, like, not good. <laughs> so, like, I don't... Not I'm not gonna, like, take that. Like, oh, that was, like, a really exciting game. I can't believe it went to overtime when, like, the Packers were favored by nine, I think, like, going in, and that was, like, before Zappi. Like, I want to see what, like, you know, the halftime, like, after Hoyer got concussed or whatever, I want to see, like, what the line felt to. Because <laughs> it's probably, I, uh, more, probably more than nine. I think it was Adam Schefter tweeted out, the game everybody's been waiting... For, or, the, the game... Everybody thought was going to happen. The overtime battle between Aaron Rodgers and Bailey Zappi. (laughs) So good. Oh, man. I think more games should take more from this idea. That was like the one thing that always kind of confused me. And like, I don't think this is why the Vita failed. But like, there were so many mobile games that like would work on your phone that would like feed into like your battle readiness in Mass Effect 3. Like you could have like strike teams. I think there was even like a third person shooter like a cover based shooter that came to like, I remember playing that on like my iPhone four when, when mass effect three launched, you might be and like, I, I never understood why like those games weren't on Vita and like further, like I, I just kind of want to see like more interesting exploration. Like the way we were talking about like Skyrim Alexa earlier, I'm like, okay, like let's really play with the space. Let's get a little weird. Let's get a little wild. Everything feels like too conservative in design now. And it, it's just like, it's just like Marvel movies, right? It's like AAA games where it's just like, oh, we actually only want to make like the biggest gambles on the safest bets. It's like, okay, but like, weren't things more fun when it was weird? Like, would Earthworm Jim, it, could that game ever exist today if it wasn't just like some indie darling on like Itch.io that just like managed to explode out from that? Like, I like it's amazing that Hollow Knight became what it was, but like, I don't think Hollow Knight is possible today the way it was four or five years ago when that game came out. Right? I mean, it's just, like, the window is getting more closed every year, and it sucks. Like, shouldn't it be more open every year? God. You you would think. I mean, perfect example. Look at the big news report coming out of PlayStation right now. Remake slash remastering Horizon Zero Dawn. It's like, okay, but why has every PlayStation game, except for, like, one for the past six years, been a third-person action-adventure game? why is there no more creativity there? We we were talking about that in like a group chat with like you mean Austin and it like is like, I'm, I'm so like retroactively mad at the last of us because that game was so beloved and so successful that like it made Sony feel like, okay, this is how you make a successful video game is yep. doing it like this. 
And then every game has followed suit since. And like, I'm glad that game exists, but I wish that weren't the template for every game to exist afterwards. Like those are exactly. two different things, you know? <laughs> I mean, like all those, that's why I just, I'm not into PlayStation first party games right now. Like God of War comes out next month. I was going to get skull and bones the day before God of War and just not get God of War because skull and bones is different. And I love that. And like evil West comes out next month. I'm so excited for that. We literally haven't seen a game like that since dark watch on the PlayStation two and original Xbox. Mm -hmm. And I love that. And like, I'm playing oblivion this week. No, I'm not. I'm playing Morrowind. Which one am I playing? I'm playing Oblivion. 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 And I'm playing Oblivion this week. There hasn't been a game like that in over 12 years. <laughs> Such a... <sighs> Just remaster Oblivion. Remaster Morrowind. Also, like, update Oblivion to have trophies. Like, it, yes. it just feels petty at this point. Jesus. No, I, I mean... I, like, get your act together. I look at this month. I mean, two weeks from now. Oh, my God. Two weeks from now. Uh, a Plague Tale Requiem comes out right now. Gaming the way it is, I don't think a Plague Tale Innocence would would be able to exist. Yeah, like it's it wouldn't exist if the without the first one, right? Like, and yeah. the first the first one could not exist today. And it's no. just like okay, well, like it, it's. I think we talked about this too in our group chat. We should really just group chat publicly from now, and it'd be kind of interesting. Um, yeah. But, like... Just talk about uncensored boobs all the time. All day long. Uh, but, like... And I just the way, like, they're, like, really going after remakes in, in movies specifically. I'm like, okay, but, like, if a majority of the movies today are remakes, what movies are we going to remake in 20 years? You know, like, the way we're, like, going back to, like, the nostalgia well for the 90s. It's like, okay, but, like, then we can do some movies from the 2000s. But then, like, after 2010, like, what... Did you say that, like... Oh, like, the... The Mockingbird trilogy. I'm like, oh crap, you're right. Like the Hunger Games. Oh, the Hunger Games. And it's like, ah oh, crap, that is going to be what people are nostalgia for 20 years from now, isn't it? It's like... Absolutely. Also, Martin Scorsese was right. Marvel is like despicable. Like, yeah. Congratulations, congratulations, you made two hour long commercials for your goddamn amusement park. That's not a movie. Yeah. Goodfellas. Goodfellas was a movie. Casino was a movie. All right, I think I'm getting a little too old man yells at Cloudy. I'm ready to uh, shut this ship down. It sounds good to me. Cool. I said ship, Austin. Don't get uh, upset. I swore, but that was not one of the swears. Elijah, people can find you on Twitch at Loco Lizard Man. They can find you on Twitter at Loco Lizard Man. Um, be nice to Elijah, or else I'll beat you up. That's a promise. You can follow Austin on Twitter at Austin J. Eller. You can follow Coach. Uh, throughout uh, Texas, he's probably biking somewhere right now. You can I follow like the his... idea of somebody literally just following Coach. Just literally following him, yeah. It's like those old videos, like making fun of Facebook, like poke, and it's actually someone <laughs> poking. So. Uh, you can find Seth on Twitter at Seth and Nineties Kid. Don't follow him though. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Purplebird Six One Six. That is also where I host my comic book show which I've been neglecting recently, but got a new episode coming out the same day you're hearing this. So if you want to hear three grown men talk about a Wolverine comic that came out 19 years ago, boy, do I have great news for you. 
That one was really cool. That was uh, another podcast reached out. And so I got to do like a crossover episode with uh, the last comic shop. That was super exciting. Elijah, any closing words for our listeners at home? Uh, no, just be kind to each other. Yeah, be kind to everyone. Just don't be a dick. Like, I'm, I'm sick of it. Like, everyone is so concerned with, like, being right or calling something the way they see it. That's, it's great. Just, you don't have to be an, an asshole about it. Yeah. Like, just, just treat people like they're actual people. I'm, I'm so sick of this. Just be nice. It is so much harder to be mean than it is to be nice. Just be nice. That's all I got. That's okay. Right now, I'm just watching the, uh, substitute teacher skit in my mind we got d nice here d nice <laughs> denise what is denise where, where is a ron <laughs> we got block um, my name's blake blake <laughs> can i tell you a secret yes i'm not gonna edit this podcast i'm just gonna put our two things together and tell us and i edited it so i'll know if austin went through and listened if he cut this part out Terrific. See you next week, gamers. Joke's on you, George. I heard everything.